Jeff Risden uh, from the Lions Wire, Draft Wire. I know he's been busy, probably going on about two hours of sleep, 14 energy drinks. Uh, how you doing, my man? Uh, I am indeed tired, but uh, I, I got the IV drip of coffee going, so uh, I, I'm soldiering on. This, this is technically my busiest day of the year uh, because I'm up like last night. I, I got to bed about 4.30 today. And uh, I have written or edited, I think, 26 things already today, and that's not even half of what's going to happen tonight. So it's it's fun, but it's it's very exhausting, too. Yeah, well, all of a sudden, the anticipation on two first-rounders for the Lions last night, which we'll get to in a moment, but the anticipation of uh, three second-rounders uh, tonight. Uh, when you look at... <laughs> Porter Jr. there, Branch, uh, Mayor, hold that thought. I do want to get uh, Gibbs and Campbell and those selections at 12 and 18 because my first reaction was blah, nothing, no pizzazz, no excitement. But then when you go inside the needs, looking at the Lions offensively, defensively, I started to see the light a little bit more on what Holmes and Campbell liked about Gibbs and Campbell. Oh, it's very easy to see what they liked about Gibbs. Uh, he was uh, one thing that doesn't, I don't think that's brought up enough. He was Alabama's leading receiver last year, forty-four catches, uh, and that's coming into a new offense where he hadn't he didn't have any chemistry with uh, with Bryce Young. You know, this is a guy who transferred in from Georgia Tech. He is really, really good. He is everything that the Lions and Lions fans and fantasy football people wanted De- DeAndre Swift to be. He's gonna he's gonna be a very strong candidate to be the offensive rookie of the year this year. Uh, I absolutely believe that. Is it weird that they took him at twelve? Yeah, it is. But uh, I, I I I was fairly excited about that one, uh, especially knowing that they, you know, in trading back, that that's where you can be a little bit more comfortable in taking a quote unquote reach. Uh, they, they did trade back uh, a couple of the guys that they were looking at. Did go off the board in between then, and uh, you know, the, the the I know that they were very interested in Devon Witherspoon, and him going five, I think, did throw them for a loop. I think it threw everybody for a loop. I know it threw the Seattle people that I know for a loop. They had no idea that was coming. Uh, so, so you get that. Then you get Campbell, and I want to applaud Devin Gardner for for calling that out. I had. I had got feelers that the Lions had some interest in Jack Campbell, but I didn't think it was going to be at 18. I thought it was going to be with their second-round pick and possibly having to move up into the like the late 30s to get him, because I, I think that's where most of us had him pegged. But uh, this, this uh, again, production. The Lions love production. The guy had 260 tackles in the last two seasons. He can pick the passes off. He, he has interceptions. He has forced fumbles. He has passes deflected. Uh, he's he's a very interesting linebacker, and I think he's, uh, you know, because they haven't valued linebacker in forever, uh, either in Detroit or what, with what Holmes and, and Campbell and where they've come from, that's what was surprising to me was that they actually did it. Uh, it's it's fascinating because it, for years and years and years, and, and you've been part of this too, Bill, and I have as well. You get better on the run defense. You got to get better in the middle of the field. Well, they just took arguably the best guy in the draft in doing that, and people seem to be a little upset about that. And I think that I think the tide is changing a little bit now. Now that people are like remembering how good he was at Iowa, um, I will say this though. 
he tested athletically off the charts. He does not play to that level of athleticism. He's still a pretty good athlete, but he's a little stiffer uh, laterally and, and not quite as fast to accelerate as what he showed in, in his workouts. But uh, it's a good player, and he's going to start right away, I would, I would bet. Yeah, and I want to get to the roles, because that's where uh, some were confused last night uh, at our huge, I can't believe the crowd, uh, at Ascend at Soren Eagle uh, last night. So the role for Gibbs with Swift and Montgomery, does this mean Swift is traded this weekend, that when it's the opportune cap cut time, he's shown the door, or he just they ride it out for one more year with him? And the same thing with Campbell, with Anzalone and Rodrigo. Uh, and now looking at the other defensive players they have, where is Campbell's role? Starter, backup, you tell me. Yeah, so uh, Campbell, I believe, is going to wind up taking the Derek Barnes spot in the starting lineup next to uh, Anzalone. And uh, you, you might see Rodrigo be in less on passing downs than he was last year. And, and we saw it late in the season. He teams figured out how to attack him as a, as a pass defender uh, and had a lot of success with it. Uh, and that's one of the reasons why Rodrigo was a six-rounder a year ago. He's good at what he does. That's not one of the things that he does especially well. So they, I, I think this is a, more of a thing about Derek Barnes just not transitioning from the role that he played at Purdue, which was primarily a stand-up outside pass rusher, into being an off-ball linebacker. Maybe they're going to move him back to the role that, that Dallas uses Micah Parsons in. That's the role he played in college and was pretty darn good at it. We remember watching Purdue games and being like, that guy's, that guy's really, really good. I can see them making him move back to that. Uh, and then being like the Julian O'Quara and James Houston, and in with that that group of the defense, and that gets Campbell on the field. Uh, as, as for uh, you know the, the rest of it, that's that's tough to say. I, I think Anzalone and Campbell are going to be the primary linebackers for most of the season next year. And you'll see Rodrigo come in when they go to a three linebacker set. Probably see Barnes and then you know other people playing more on special teams. And uh, they did lose their special teams linebackers. They brought Jalen Reeves-Maven back for that for a reason. Uh, I expect you're going to see more of that, too, because uh, that's actually, we talked about it last week, that's where C.J. Moore was going to contribute, and that role's open. They can put a linebacker in there. I think they're going to be okay. And Jamir Gibbs, uh, his role, and I was telling some buddies on my way back, talking on the phone, driving back uh, from Soren Eagle, that you, you can line him up on the outside with his four three eight speed, as a, and tell him to run a fly pattern and run by a DB. You can put him in the slot and let him catch a little uh, screen pass and good luck to the linebacker covering him or if they bring up a safety or a swing pass in the backfield. Obviously, Montgomery's going to be the between-the-tackles guy for the Lions, but the multiple roles that Gibbs can play in the Lions offense, that's where I've grown to really like this pick. Yeah, and, and Bill, I was in there with you on Wednesday. We talked about you You stressed the need for them to have the big play guy. Who's your go-to guy that's going to get you touchdown? That's Jameer Gibbs, and he just laid out perfectly how he's going to do it, too. So uh, I, I'm with you on that one. Uh, his name is Jeff Risden from LionsWire and DraftWire.com joining us talking about uh, the Lions and their first-round picks last night. We'll get to the second-rounders. Uh, tonight, and like I said, Joey Porter Jr., the corner out of Penn State, Branch, a stud safety, really played more of a linebacker for Saban at Alabama. Uh, Michael Mayer, uh, the tight end out of Notre Dame. Think about that if they got a red zone go to guy, touchdown maker. And Mayer, Cam Smith is another corner 
uh, from South Carolina. So, you know, Jeff, when I look at the second round tonight and the three picks, I assume Levis is going to go in one of those two before the Lions. you agree with that? Somebody will trade up and get him? Not I sure hope so because I really don't want I really don't want the Lions to make that bullet. <laughs> Would they take him if he's there? I really hope not. I don't think so. I, okay. I think they're looking more. I think they're looking at Aiden O'Connell or uh, or Jaron Hall later in the draft. I don't expect them to make all three second round picks, and I think they're going to trade one of those back uh, to get us a third or a fourth round pick, and that could be very well where you see O'Connell. It could also be very well where you see a wide receiver uh, come off the board. A guy like Michael Wilson out of Stanford or somebody like that that, that they've done some work on uh, to help bolster those, those ranks and give some long-term stability there, too. Yeah, I agree that they'll keep 34 and 48 are the numbers in the second round, and, and they'll dump the later pick in the second round. So if, if Levis does go and someone trades up with the Steelers or the, anybody tries to move in uh, before the Lions – uh, man, you're looking at some what we thought were going to be mid, if not high, first third first rounders. And Joey Porter Jr., Branch of Safety from Alabama, uh, Levis is there, and also Michael Mayer, the tight end from Notre Dame, Cam Smith, the corner from South Carolina, uh, Osiris Torrance, a guy you talked about, uh, the guard from Florida. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's there, there's some first round talent there. With that pick thirty four, I just I wonder what will go in front of the Lions. Yeah, and uh, Joey Porter going to Pittsburgh makes a lot of sense if they don't trade out of that. Um, then you got one other pick in there, and then you got the Lions. Uh, Torrance makes a lot of sense. I would absolutely love Brian Branch. That would be my preferred option. Doesn't mean it's my only option, but he's man. He is exactly what C.J. Gardner Johnson is. You get him to groom behind him for a year. He can also play cornerback. He can play different spots around the, you know, maybe maybe buy some time for Tracy Walker to come back from his injury. That would be the optimal pick for me. Doesn't mean they'll do it, but I, I'd be very happy with that. I also think, look at Keanu Benton out of Wisconsin tonight, the nose tackle. That's a guy, uh, talking about production, he had more sacks as a nose tackle last year than Jalen Carter had in the last two seasons at Georgia playing a three technique. Not saying, I'm just saying. Yeah, I'm looking at if the Steelers and Porter the legacy pick with his dad playing there is obvious. And then the Cardinals, I worry Branch is their pick. Uh, you know, they want to fortify their secondary. They're at 33. Then the Lions. I wonder if the Lions could throw, you know, if they threw the Steelers that extra second rounder and, and flipped out of it, you know, could they possibly bump up there? So at 32, they're basically, you know, getting a, a bona fide uh, first rounder, I man, there's some good looking names. I mean, you go down that list in the second round, uh, a lot of guys that a lot of people were forecasting for round one. Rizzy, absolutely, a ton of hundred percent. You know, I, I, I like it. You know, you got your offensive guards. You can get Steve Avila out of TCU. Osiris Torrance makes a lot of sense. Cody Malk from North Dakota State, who can play anywhere. He can be your sixth lineman in 2023. Then you figure out what to do with him after that. Uh, he's he's definitely in play tonight too. Those, those are some of the names that I'm looking at for tonight, anyways. The scariest thing for me is that the Steelers and the Cardinals don't need a quarterback. And if Levis is there, will they look at value? Will they think about the future and take him? I really, really hope not. But you can't rule it out. I mean, they proved last night they're, they're going to be unpredictable. They're going to do things that you might not expect them to do. Uh, that would certainly be one of them. Uh, and uh, I wouldn't be very happy about that. Like, uh, that would be... 
that might be the worst move I could envision them doing, uh, other than you know, taking Tanner McKee, which uh, you're really can't throw out. But that's uh, yeah, that for me that would be my worst case scenario, and I hope that I don't have to deal with that. And when, when I'm in there on Monday talking with you, that we don't have to talk about uh, uh, Will Levis being a Detroit Lion because that would that would just not make it a good weekend for me. Rizzy will be live in studio Monday to recap uh, the Lions' picks and the rest of the NFC North, which Jordan Addison being added to the arsenal with Jefferson. You know, there are some moves you need to yeah, you need to watch. You know, the other teams, uh, you know, the Packers look like they're going to treat Jordan Love the same way they did Rodgers and not get him uh, any weapons on offense and just go uh, and get defensive uh, help. So a lot to talk about on Monday. Rizzy, I know you're busy right now with round two. You got the full draft day and the completion of it uh, tomorrow. Lions wire dot com draftwire.com also follow lions wire and draftwire for the latest from kansas city jeff risden at his home base here in michigan following everything connected to the lions nfc north and the nfl and the draft lions wire on twitter draftwire on twitter rizzy thanks for the update my pleasure. I've got a video dropping at the Detroit Lions podcast right now, too, so you'll want to check that out as well. All right, that, yeah, the Detroit Lions podcast on YouTube. Thank you, Rizzy. Rizzy will be in studio Monday uh, to recap the draft.